me a mission, I got demons to slay. Communication made you talk in this way. Hello, yes, that seems to be working. Is that right? All right. Hey Keith, my name's Steve Sweeney. I've um, done a lot of work with men over my life. Uh, in the 90s, I was um, facilitating men's domestic violence groups and um, also couples communication and a range of other groups. And uh, in the noughties, I went into doing more DV groups, um, men's groups, men's anger management groups, and worked a lot with women as well around parenting and uh yeah and had a lot of male clients and so i've had a lot of um experience running and facilitating men's groups and being part of men's groups since the 90s now why do men avoid seeking help with mental health issues um in the men i'm come from australia so this might be an australian experience um with the men that I've worked with and my own you know, upbringing as a male, it's it's what we're taught. You know, you don't you don't show weakness, and you don't show weakness in front of men, and you definitely don't show any weakness and vulnerability in front of women. Um, I know that I've been taught in my life by the men and women around me to not show weakness and to not reveal when I'm not okay. So it's, it came from the family of origin, mother and father and all the surrounding family, which is quite a large old sort of Irish-based family. And it's just not something that you, that you do. You know, and I know my lover's, as a heterosexual young man, had a very big impact on me around um, shutting me up when it came to vulnerability. I was told very, very clearly, don't reveal any vulnerability. A real man doesn't behave like that. A real man doesn't speak like that. A real man doesn't show this. Um, and so I learned to shut myself up. Which leads into question two, why are male mental health issues more stigmatized than female issues? And what can our society do to break that mold? Well, women overall are given a hell of a lot more compassion and empathy than what men are. Um, this is, yeah, to me and how I see the world, I see this all over social media and I see this all over mainstream media. It's um, men, when men aren't doing something well or men are doing something wrong, it's their fault, they're stigmatized, there's something wrong with men. You know? And that seems to be a, an, a quite an open um, message that men receive, that are given and received, that there's something wrong with men. And, and I must say, to be quite honest, that I've spent a lot of time on domestic violence research websites and I've actually seen this in a research paper which was about um, how, you know, the the level of interpartner, intimate partner violence in lesbian relationships is and lesbian community is much higher 
than in the heterosexual community and heterosexual relationships. And yet in this paper, it was quite you know, boldly stated that they don't want this information getting out because we want to maintain the image, the narrative that men are the problem. And so men get this message, men are the problem. And you have a any relationship breakup you have, the woman in, in many of the cases is happy to tell everybody around her that he's the problem. There's no ownership of her, of her stuff in the relationship. He's the problem. And so what can we do to break that mold? Is to actually stop dehumanizing men would be the first step, is that we actually, as a society, Western society, we we humanize women, we humanize children. And at some stage in our development as men, you know, presumably around the teenage males, because teenage males are, you know, um, in our society are not, let's just say they're not appreciated. And they're dehumanized to some degree. So we could actually make a make a big step forward and just humanizing men and humanizing when we do when the minority of men do things wrong that they're actually coming from trauma and pain just like when women do things wrong they're coming from trauma and pain what has contributed to the culture of toxic masculinity yeah i have trouble with that one toxic masculinity yeah, it feeds into the, you know, everything's men's fault type of of um, narrative. And look, I believe it starts in men behaving badly begins in teenage years. We're dehumanized. We're, we're given the message that we're not acceptable. We're not accepted. That we're to be contained, limited. Uh, because we're so dangerous and we're so bad for society and we're taught this and then and part of this culture you know there's not enough of examination of the power of what women do to influence how men are you know there we've got 60 years of feminism pointing out you know how men have impacted on women but we don't have anything around how women impact on men. And the, you know, I've had many conversations in many different contexts with men. You know, and, and we are, as men, we are influenced powerfully by women in our youth and in our 20s to be a certain way. I know I was, I know from my mother, my sister, my lovers at that stage and the, the, the teenage girls around me as a teenager, it was like, you've got to be that macho, strong, masculine, hyper-masculine male. Um, and women like that and women want that and women encourage you to be that. And I know, I know myself, I rejected it personally. But I know many young men who didn't, 
to get the female attention, that's who you had to become. And I've I've spoken to guys, you know, in Australia we have a saying it's with women, you know, with you know, it's quite a toxic saying, but you know, keep them to keep them keen, treat them mean. And I've had conversations with a number of young men, you know, in their twenties and and in their thirties as well. And they have consciously learnt how to do that so that they become they've got more chance of becoming a lover than a friend with the women around them. And it's and some men do this with with awareness and with determination because it works. Yeah, a lot of male behaviour is done because we've learnt that this is what women want. It's this is what succeeds with women. And you know what can be done to begin alleviating it. Look, this is. You know, it it fits into there's something wrong with men. So it's like, you know, we need to start telling humanizing men. We need to start showing men empathy and compassion, the same level of empathy and compassion that we demonstrate for women who are behaving badly and who are toxic. There's, there are toxic women out there throughout the social media and, you know, throughout feminism, I might add, and I've been exposed to feminism for over 30 years, you know, there are many toxic females and yet it's not called out. You know, they're, they're given more compassion than what than the men doing the same behaviours are. What are the best resources for men facing emotional and mental health struggles? Each other would be the best resources. Men's groups. Um, men need to learn not to impose upon their female partners this is heterosexual men because their female partners are not interested particularly once they have children it's like you know a lot of us men we tend to put our emotional eggs all in one basket and once our partner has a child our partner is not interested in our emotional eggs you know with good reason and so men need to find support, emotional support from other men who are willing to actually hear them and listen to them and receive them without judgment and without contempt, without disrespect. And to just just to be heard makes an enormous difference for, for all human beings. You know, so men are no different. We want to be heard. And the best ways to commence dealing with these issues is to encourage men to, you know, join men's circles. Join in Australia, we've just got something that's starting up in the last few years called Men's Table, which is a monthly meeting for men to sit around and talk about and be heard their stuff. And that's that's having great impact on men's mental health. And there's a lot of research out there about the, the positive impact on men's mental health when they're when they're being heard by other men because they're and understood by other men because you know women are not going to understand where men are coming from because women haven't been raised to be men in this society just like men 
you know, we try and we we try to demonstrate the empathy and compassion that we have to understand women, and yet we're not women and we're not raised to be women in this society. So we don't we can only empathize within our the range of our experience. Number five is my mental health. Look, I live with trauma and um, I suppose you could say, oh, yeah, PTSD. I came from a very violent, my father was violent, physically violent. My mother was very emotionally violent. She was a probably safe to say they were both narcissists forever just competing for power and dominance over each other and over the family. Um, so I've been on a huge journey for, you know, since the late 80s around um, my mental health and just feeling okay about myself. Um, so, yeah, it's driven me to have a completely different life um, trajectory than the majority of people that I've come across. I've been quite internal most of my life. And it's only really now in my, you know, mid, in my early 60s that I'm starting to come out and really coming out into the world and and be who I am. So it's had a great impact on my mental health, my relationships, my capacity to be intimate. And I've had to do a lot of inner work to heal myself, you know, to such a degree that I'm, you know, I've spent much of the last 20 years helping men and women in their relationships, in their parenting and in dealing with the, the powerful emotions that run through us as human beings. Um, what do I do to maintain my mental health? Um, I get time alone. For me, time alone, I suppose you could say that I'm more of a introvert. So I re-energize myself and heal myself by having time alone. So on the beach in the bush has been the best thing for me. Um, journaling has been crucial to me. Having a daily practice of journaling. Meditation has been um, part of my journey and still is. Um, just feeling, allowing myself to feel um, on my own, but also with my wife and occasionally with my children when it's appropriate. Just teaching them that it's okay to feel and it's okay for a man to feel. Um, giving myself permission to feel and that I feel quite deeply so that can be quite challenging at times um, I suppose you could call it art therapy I've for years when I've needed to I've got crayon crayons and um, an art you know a4 art workbook and I just draw whatever's in there it's a, a non-rational non-verbal way of expressing whatever's inside of me and so that helps to just somehow it just helps to express the unexpressible in a sense and helps me keep an even keel um yeah look that's that's about me i don't know if that's in alignment with what you want to what you want to um get across in your podcast um if you like it let me know if you don't that's okay too And uh, I wish you well in your endeavours. Take care, Keith.